Welcome back to the Cycling Tips Podcast, everybody. I am Kaylee Fretz, and we have a very special episode for you today. We're doing a deep dive on the brand new Giant TCR. We got some special folks with us today. You first. Oh, hi. I'm Sophia. <laughs> I'm the uh, lead engineer of Giant Road Team. And I'm Eric Clem, and I'm the design manager for our cycling innovation group here in Taichung. And of course, James Wong. Not, not quite as special as the others, but that's okay. James, where do we begin here? Uh, I think we can begin just with the very basics, I think. Um, so, I mean, this is, of course, the, the latest and greatest TCR. But, you know, in Giant's history of road bikes, TCR is, I think, without any argument, the most important model that Giant has ever had. And it has a long history of being, you know, light and stiff. Um, and with this latest iteration, you obviously had a mandate to add some aero elements too, which it really hasn't had in the past. So how do you do that sort of thing without breaking the formula? Yeah, it's a tough thing. I think like you guys are pretty familiar with the TCR and you've been to some of our launches in the past. And I think when it started with the, the Mike Burroughs design many, many years ago, uh, with compact road geometry, light, stiff, fast, all that stuff. We kind of stuck to that over the years, and we never really looked at uh, an aerodynamic aspect at all. But as stuff is evolving, as materials change, as engineering and design evolve, uh, we saw an opportunity to enhance what was already a, a pretty good package and a class leading in many ways. So I think we looked at a lot of details and we targeted uh, some small aerodynamic enhancements that could possibly give that ultimate efficiency and a really good advantage to a rider uh, on this bike. So I'd say uh, Sophia was one of the key people looking at uh, CFD analysis and um, engineering aspects that could possibly gain some watts here or there for what's already a very light, uh, great stiffness to weight racing machine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we actually we started from thinking that we want to lower the overall resistance so to reduce the drag is one of the things we, we thought we can do. So we cooperate with uh, our uh, aero experts to see what kind of tube shaping can help to reduce the drag. How, how do you find the balance there? I mean, I feel like that's kind of the hardest thing with a bike like this, right? Because if you're building a, a full aero bike, if you're building a Propel, mm -hmm. you know you know what the use case is. You know exactly what you're shooting right. for. If you're building an old TCR, you know exactly what people are expecting of that. This is something that sort of tries to exist a bit in the middle. So how do you make decisions about what to what to make aerodynamic and what to not? I mean, I'm thinking of you know the two-piece cockpit and things like that. Like, How do those decisions come to be? It's a lot of arguing, I'd say. A lot of, um... <laughs> yeah, it's, no, to your point, uh, it's, it's a hard decision to make and it's it's kind of about weighing out all those different factors to see what is is there a blend that's possible or do we really just have to to trump one or the other uh focus on a, a mm -hmm. more square down tube for stiffness or can we morph it a little bit to allow a little bit better clean air to pass around it uh, and still retain that same uh, stiffness number so mm -hmm. it's definitely a balancing act and a lot of a lot of 3d experiments a lot of prototypes uh, a lot of just putting a shape into the system and seeing like, how does it interact with the other pieces around it? Aerodynamics is 
I mean, I'm no scientist, but it's kind of weird. Like some stuff you look at and you think it's supposed to be arrow and it's not. And then you mm-hmm. put it into the frame and just based on the, the different sections, the air has to pass through from the fork to the head tube, down tube, seat tube, seat stays, all the stuff along the way. Sometimes just the right combination can occur. And thankfully on this, I think we were able to retain the characteristics mm-hmm. of the, the, the great formula and recipe of TCR, but uh, still add a little bit of smooth airflow mm-hmm. so you could save a few watts here or there. Can you give us an example of something you tried that didn't work? Something that you thought was going to make it more arrow and <laughs> stiffer at the same time that just like, ah, that, that's, that was a terrible idea. Uh, we, we do uh, have the same philosophy from propelled by acquiring the cocktail design to shaping, for example, on a uh, head tube and also on fork sections. And the different uh, session and the new philosophy we found this time is the down tube shape. Before, people think a shelled shape will be better for aerodynamic, but we still want to keep the stiffness. And then we figure out, actually, we don't see tube itself. We should combine with the round bottle because during racing, you always have a bottle. So we start from looking at this perspective and we figure out, actually, the bottle they, they are turbulence layer, so we need to reduce the uh, dirty air there. So that's when we figure out, okay, the down tube can be a different role play in TCR. That means we, we found out actually a wider down tube can help that because that cover the bottle. So it's not really a shield or a traditional uh, aerodynamic shape anymore, but put in together uh, in on-frame, you work. And also because of the wider shape, kind of uh, uh, bigger, that help us to keep the stiffness there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is kind of interesting that you mentioned the down tube width in general, because we did get a lot of comments on the article that I wrote talking about how you know, certain aspects of the frame really don't seem that aerodynamic. Um, but it's, you know, when you when you put a bottle on it, I mean, it does change the total cross-sectional shape. Mm-hmm. So it makes me wonder, though, is, is this the sort of bike where it might actually be slightly more aerodynamic to put a bigger bottle on it than a smaller one? Like, should, should everyone be carrying two big bottles on that thing <laughs> instead of two small ones? That's a good question, but we didn't think of that. We use a standard bottle. <laughs> but that, that, yeah. that's not really too small. But... We didn't really look at a uh, different size of bottle. I mean, mean maybe longer, but we, we do we do figure out different uh position of bottle you put on could have different effect uh, effect as well. But in general, in TCR, we use uh, the the one people usually have like a standard, that standard bottle. Like, yeah. yeah, a big bar- volume, not really a small bottle. We just put out a regular bottle on. And also we, we simulate two, like one on C-tube, one on down tube. That's a general situation when you are riding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was there anything on this bike that you, I guess, wanted to do in terms of aerodynamics, but couldn't do because it would have, I guess, too drastically changed what the TCR would have been? 
I mean, were there certain situations where you were straying too far into propel territory? Actually, that's internal cable routing. Yeah. We 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 just think to apply the the same uh, concept on TCR, and we figure out it will uh, affect the light wave feature too much, and also efficiency on TCR. That means. That's not only for riding efficiency. We also want to keep the maintenance efficiency for uh, the, the technical guys or the race team. So to have the inter totally integration uh, cable routing on TCR is a big debate at that time. Yeah, and we looked at a few different options and even borrowing from uh, Propel or Defy, but I think in the end, like Sophia mentioned, um, also based on a lot of feedback from CCC, if, if somebody needs to swap out a stem or a bar, yeah, it's, it's, it looks great in photos when everything's internally routed. But if you are a person that maybe you're searching for your best fit, you want to experiment with different fits, uh, it really becomes a pain in the ass to, you know, a couple hour job to swap something out. So, you know, we wanted to keep the uh, inclusive nature of this bike intact and have um, customization possible. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was definitely something that that was looked at and to her point it could have added a little bit of weight but we just mm -hmm. didn't feel overall that was worth it yeah i mean i have to say that you know i i moderated i guess pretty much all of the comments on that article and there was there were a lot of people who questioned the decision to use external cable routing yeah. on that frame um and i have to say though from from my perspective as a former shop mechanic that <laughs> i you know, if I was wearing a hat, I would take it off to you right now because uh, I definitely applaud the decision. And and honestly, I mean, this this is gonna sound kind of silly, maybe, but I mean, the kind of the courage to to not hide the cables uh, like basically everyone else is doing because it really does make a huge difference in terms of the maintenance. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess also in terms of the fit, right? Because yes. if you do have an integrated cockpit, you also are almost kind of obligated to provide as many, you know, length and width combinations as anyone could possibly need, because otherwise someone's going to have a compromised fit that they that they don't want, right? right. Yes, like, like we we also we prioritize prioritize that fitting is more important than having an integrate uh, internal cable routing. So it doesn't mean we don't do integrated shape designs because when you look at new TCR, you will see the consistent uh, silhouette from uh, carpet to the spacer to the head tube and to the total frame. So we do it in opposite way to make it integrated by applying the new shape of cone spacer and stem. And at the same time, we offer the full range for the stem for fitting. For example, uh, for TCR, you might have the commercial spec from stock that's uh, minus 10 degree, and you will have all lengths from 70 to 140 millimeter length. And if you want to have more upright positions, we also uh, offer zero degree stem. And the silhouette is totally the same as the minus one. So the total integration outlook will look so good from top to down and from different angle, different length, and for fitting also easily, you can change your handlebar, your stem length. So that's our main goal. We we weigh it 
uh, in different perspectives and we figure out fitting and easy maintenance and also the full range for the spec possibility. They, they are more important than just having an internal cable routine because the for us, internal cable routine is like you want to have a better silhouette, a better aesthetic outlook, and we do it by the updated new carpet. So that's the same thing. We do it in different way. Yeah, so although there's maybe, you know, the housing showing, the actual stem, like the back part of it is a bit more flat, a bit more integrated, and with the new spacers mm -hmm. as well, like it just, if you compare it to the, the model year 16, uh, or model year 16 through 20 TCR, it's just a little bit cleaner look overall, which we think definitely can clean up that whole front end. You mentioned earlier uh, some advances in, in like composite technology and, and material technology that allowed for things in the spike. Can you provide an example of that? Is the, How fast are these things moving right now? Yeah, I'd say they're, for, for this one in particular, and especially on the advanced SL one, I think maybe the one that, that you tested, Kaylee, um, there's a lot more precision going into each piece that's cut. And also, um, I know Sophia worked with our uh, composite factory to better define the overlapping of each piece uh, that, that goes into the mold. And we have some robotic uh, technology as well that allows for a more precise fit of those carbon pieces. So combination of a few things, and maybe if you want to go into more detail, but it's uh, advancements in maybe the resin, the raw material, but mm -hmm. a lot of it's just the fit of each puzzle piece together and using the most efficient cut possible. Yeah, we do use some new uh, advanced carbon material than uh, current uh, previous TCR. Yeah, the new TCR we do apply different carbon materials there. Can you go into any detail? Or is that top secret? <laughs> uh, <laughs> actually, that, that's really a new one. But our uh, we, we have some strategy that uh, we do. We don't reveal too much about the material itself, like uh, what kind of the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and, but that's a new one in joint group. Yeah. <laughs> well, fair enough. But um, you know, you mentioned the the, the robots, and you know, in mm -hmm. the in the marking materials, you were talking about the. Uh, I think there were laser cut swatches of, of carbon that you're using. Right. Um, so there is some more automation um, for the purpose of getting more precision in how the frames are made. Um, I mean, as far as you're aware, is Giant the first company to do that? Is, has anyone else done anything like this before? I don't know. I, I don't know if we're the first, maybe. I'd like yeah, to think so, but I don't, I don't know. There's, there might be some other factory, whether it's in Taiwan or, or China or something, maybe in USA I, that's I mean, doing I don't it. know. Like if, if somebody else was using robots to put their frames together or to, to even help in assembling their frames at all, I feel like like I'd want to tell people. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Like for the for the for the welding and everything, we've had robots for a while doing uh, that. But for yeah. the carbon stuff, this is definitely new for us. Carbon led up. We we still have uh, we we have auto machine there, but we still have labor to work on because some parts it's not really easy to turn it totally automatic. And even though uh, every commission that for welding part, we have some automatic uh, machines, but it's not, it's only on some specific zones. Yeah. And I'm not sure how we can reveal too much on that because even we cannot take pictures <laughs> when, when we look, uh, uh, walk around the factory and the boss always asks us, don't 
take pictures on those machines. So I am I even, don't know if even you two even you two well, can't. They, take they look at me. They look at me really weird. Maybe for her, they'll, they'll allow her to <laughs> pass through more easily. Eric, for sure, is they'll, a they'll the kick one. me out right away. But for Sophia, they can give a little more leeway. Yeah, but there's still like uh, actually the technology like auto produce in bicycle industry. I think this is still quite new. It's not like. Um, uh, vehicles or cars so so we are trying so we we are trying in ma- many ways and it's not that mature so I, I think why our boss don't want us to tell people too much or take photos is because we are still trying uh, it's really a, a winning machine <laughs> or not <laughs> but technology definitely uh, keep improving and yeah, I I can feel, for bicycle somehow it's not uh not like high tech technology. So we adapt to uh automatic wars a little bit later, but we are on the way. How much weight does this save? What is what is the sort of performance effect of the new technology? I mean, if you're saying you have robots doing layup and things like that what what's the actual sort of end product well, hold, hold of that hold on Be- before we get into oh. that, that specific techie question i want to know it's a much much more important question regarding the robots now <laughs> is it one robot is it multiple robots does the robot have a name is there like a robot <laughs> mascot i mean someone should be running around in a robot suit no. you know this should be part of the ad right <laughs> it, should, it should be some cool marketing video too yeah, shows some par- parody of this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> there, should, there should be someone running around in a robot suit. Maybe uh, our boss Nemi, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, could be uh, some Death Star type uh, setting in there with yeah stormtrooper <laughs> robots going around. Yeah, I honestly, I, I Tony Lowe, see if yeah. he wants to come back out of retirement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I you you might know how many and stuff. I I, I, I don't actually, know actually. That's that's also kind of top secret. <laughs> we 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 know a little bit, but we don't know that much details, and we we are forbidden to go into that zone freely. We need to apply for some authority to go in. So, wow. Mm. So basically, but but you know, but you know what the capability is, right? So you know what the robots can do, and then so you can engineer around that capability mm-hmm. correct or the, yeah. the, the whole process and everything i think sophia's seen a lot more than i have but being able to understand like what the advantages are and you know design it, they better explain actually what shape swatches work the best and what overlap can occur so mm-hmm. i think there's been several meetings where you know you've set in on that at least to uh, better understand mm-hmm. where weight can be saved and and what advantages there are mm-hmm. So. All right, so Kaylee, back to your very important question. You're, you're, you're not quite as important question. So, how, I mean, certainly there, there must have been some calculation somewhere that said that going the extra distance to have this frame constructed partially using robots and lasers offered enough of a performance advantage to make it worthwhile. So what was that performance advantage? I mean, so how much weight did you lose or how much stiffness did you gain by doing that? Yeah, I think if we, maybe we just have to look at holistically for the whole frame. If we combine the newer material, the newer process, and we combine old weight to new weight, 
that savings was uh, 50 to 70 grams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and we were able to retain all the same stiffness as yes. before, but shave mm-hmm. off that amount of weight. So I think that ratio itself, the stiffness to weight ratio is mm-hmm. much better than before and factoring some of that aerodynamic uh, mm-hmm. properties to it. But yeah, James, to your point, I don't, I don't know if we can specifically target a particular area, but I know, yeah, through all the charts that Sophia went through along the way and maybe the different layups that our mm-hmm. factory experimented with, that was the end uh, total gram amount averaging per medium size uh, for weight savings. I mean, that's a lot of effort for 50, 70 grams. Yes. Um, <laughs> it, it, is this the sort of thing, you know, right now you're only using this on the top model, the TCR Advanced SL. Now, is this something that could possibly make its way into the Advanced Pro or the Advanced model at some point? I mean, could, you know, it seems like right now you can use the, those robots to, to make these frames lighter, um, but could you potentially make them less expensive at some point? Or, you know, can, can you make the, the less expensive frames better? I mean, where is this going to go? Yeah. Uh, I think because the robot is not really complete, it uh, replace all the labor work. So actually, let, let's uh, experiment there, kind of experiments still. So, uh, we lay we rely on labor work, ma- much more percentage. I will say that. Yeah, but yeah, still, I think uh, I think it's something that could trickle down, but it, it just mm-hmm. might take longer since the quantity for advanced SL is much less, um, and yeah. yeah, maybe just due to the amount of robotic technology that we have, maybe mm-hmm. just if we couldn't produce the same amount of frames like advanced pro or advanced that utilize that technology right now. But yeah, James, to your point, maybe in a few years from now, like that could expand more to uh, other, other uh, models of the series. Mm. But we, we, we could still reduce weight for advanced pro labels yeah. <laughs> by different perspective, uh, a little bit of uh, weight cut on frame and fork itself, and also uh, the carpet. Those those uh, small parts we built, they, they are lighter than previous TCR. So Advanced Pro, we do uh, reduce weight. But how much? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's all, yeah, as you guys know, it's all a game of grams. Mm-hmm. Like if the whole total of the, the frame is 800 something, like if we were able to shave off, you know, even 20 grams in the beginning and then 30 and 40, like, those are actually big victories for such uh, a now, now I remember. Bike. Yeah, now I remember. A, per, a percentage. Like for advanced super light, we reduce like ten percent for the frame set, including the small parts we designed. And for advanced pro version, we reduce twelve point nine percent. Thirteen. In terms of in terms of percentage, that's a lot. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. yes. Now I, I just remember the number. <laughs> Like around 13%. All those Excel charts in your head, they finally came together. (laughs) I'm always intrigued by the the push and pull between design and engineering. You know, how the thing's going to look and how it's going to ride or how light it's going to be or how stiff it's going to be. How does that work at Giant? Because I know it's very different depending on the brand that you're talking to. (laughs) Yeah. Is there anybody that comes in and says, no, 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 no. That's... 
that's too ugly. We can't do it that way. That would be that and would be me. You add a bunch of weight back in. <laughs> I was they, gonna say, if anyone's gonna have that argument, it would be the two people that we have on, two, with us on the, on the podcast right now. Right? Definitely, I think that's why it's a fun question. There's been quite a few arguments, <laughs> more more peaceful ones, but not, uh, <laughs> respectful ones, I'd say. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Like we we encounter this a lot, and on a bike like TCR, that um, you know you can you can engineer it to perfection but if, if it still doesn't look presentable or look good like nobody wants it and the whole the whole process is lost and the the units are lost in sales and stuff so you have to be conscious of design uh design as you know comes in many forms it could be a simplistic design that traditionalists like there could be something more with flair crazy surfacing that is maybe more modern and somebody could adapt to but it is achieving that balance and for tcr it still is a very minimal package it has that DNA that uh, Compact Road has had for a while. And I think one thing, if you just look at the silhouette of, um, of TCR, I, I read a lot of your comments on all your posts and stuff, and there's so much hate recently for drop seat stays of that people are using, you know, for a, we use it on Defy for compliance. So you have more flex in the seat tube and everything. But uh, yeah, there's so much hate for that recently. And, uh, you know, even though TC, it's ironic, TCR started that whole compact road geometry. And in the beginning, maybe those seat stays were dropped a little bit more, but we felt that connection from seat state to top tube, a very almost classic silhouette, you could argue by now, was, uh, was necessary to keep. Um, so that was, I think that was, um, that was maybe an early argument. Like, do we want to drop seat stays? Do we want to keep them higher, more just in a design silhouette? But we felt that the continuity of top tube to seat stay was uh, important to keep and uh, also a, a nice design uh, to use. Uh, some of the shaping around the head tube as well, like there were certain advantages we could gain, you know, a, a watt here or there for aero, but there still had to be this muscularity to TCR uh, up front. And you could see in some of the surfacing, you know, if you just run your hand on either side of the head tube, you could feel a little bit of that muscular line bulging out and, you know, kind of relating to our design language, it's a minimal, detail but we felt we need to have it so it can align with our portfolio and, and still be a giant bike so i think right now we're sort of in a more of a revolution of design we're starting to push it more and more uh, but i say a lot of our designers are very experienced they do a lot of the final 3d modeling that actually goes through to production so they're very aware of what shapes can work what shapes cannot and they can add some design visual aesthetic uh, when it's appropriate and when it's necessary so um yeah, it's, but it, it is a constant push and pull. There's several arguments of, hey, this is going to cost us a few grams, but is it worth it? And uh, that's how it goes. Who wins? <laughs> we, I, together, <laughs> we together. <laughs> I think on, on this, this one somehow worked out. Some of the other projects, yeah. design definitely loses. But um, I think on this one, it, you could argue it's just a, a minimal aesthetic that is just appropriate. I think it's a little bit more muscular than our previous frame. And like Sophia pointed out, some of those two sessions are larger. And ironically, they do add a little bit more aero quality. But um, I think this one just represents a, a bit more strong organic shape than our previous one. So hopefully it is a step forward. It's maybe hard to, to, to quantify this, but is a bike like this more difficult to create than something that is aimed at just one mm -hmm objective like a propel is it is it is this a more difficult bike to come up with at the end i think so yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think like the the ultimate theme for this was efficiency so as you, you guys know kaylee you've been a racer before and like you know you have to go up you have to go down you have to sprint you have to corner you have to do all this stuff to 
finish ahead or to, to, to win or just do a PR on a certain course. So we had to factor all that stuff in. So, you know, little tweaks in geometry, tweaks in arrow, material science, uh, all that stuff coming together, I think it, it was hard, like where maybe Propel was a bit more focused on full arrow, Defy has been more focused on endurance and compliance. But this one, yeah, it's like that iconic legend you have to keep improving upon, but it, where, where do you go? So. Yeah, I mean, you you were in deeper on this for a lot of those numbers and stuff, but <laughs> I, I think, uh, yeah, you have to look at everything, and that, that's where it becomes a bit tough. Was there anything on this? I mean, every project has to have an end date. Um, was there anything that you, I guess I'm going to put you on the spot here, was there anything that you wanted to do to this bike that you maybe just sort of ran out of time on? Like, was there anything that you, you know, sort of left on the table that you had to leave on the table because, you know, you hit the deadline? Yeah, good question. Actually, we wanted to launch TCR last year, but we couldn't make it. So, <laughs> so we postponed <laughs> this year. Some kind of, uh, it's really a, a hard goal to achieve. So yeah, to balance the aerodynamic and also aesthetic and stiffness lightweight together, it's not that easy. So we do work longer on TCR project mm. so it, we know there are deadlines so that there are deadline and we we also discussed if we really just want to launch it at that time but we feel it's wrong because that's not that TCR is so important and we cannot just make it like that so we decided to research more and so the overall process and design uh, time is longer well i guess that's good to hear because if anything that means that the bike you know this particular this particular bike you know if anything it wasn't rushed but rather i mean you said that it's if anything it was a little bit delayed so you had more time than maybe you would have normally to kind of refine and tweak and adjust a little bit right mm -hmm. definitely i think there was maybe a bit more time for the pro team to test it out too especially with different uh since it has an all new cockpit like different arrangements for that and i think some of that feedback for just little tweaks in the end was valuable where maybe if we rushed it, that final 5% might've not come into play. Speaking of the pro team, um, I mean, when, you know, it, it seems like this bike was being tested quite a bit earlier than even a lot of people even realized um, because, you know, some, some articles were starting to trickle out here and there about, you know, there seems to have been a, a new TCR spotted under, you know, like Greg Van Avermaet and that sort of thing. Um, and you know, it really does seem like the team was testing it for quite a, it seems like anyway, uh, was being tested for quite a bit longer than a lot of bikes otherwise would have been. Right. Definitely. Um, at least compared to a lot of bikes we had in the past, unless it was, you know, maybe an earlier aluminum TCR that you could prototype faster. But yeah, I think Greg, he, he won a race on it or a stage of one of those Canadian pro tour races back in the fall. And obviously it was maybe even testing it before then. So yeah, a fair bit of time and yeah, definitely more time than usual uh, for these guys to, to try it out and just get used to a few little tweaks here or there. Uh, one of the reasons is I, I said that we postponed this project a year. So it means we we can, if we launch this year, we get more time. So <laughs> we can have it done compared to last year. So. Uh, that's when and why we can have the samples to pro team 
earlier than other projects. Actually, because it delayed, <laughs> the project was postponed. It's kind of uh, some, <laughs> some of the reasons that it's not because it's earlier, it's because we are, we are late. And then we gain one year more. So we, we, when we really finish it, we feel like we can have a protein uh, tested. So that, that's earlier. You, you will feel like that. And I think also from a just a business case too, like our outgoing TCR model, that was already in its fourth model year. And usually that's, that's pretty long even for us, but even the forecast for that model, after we changed up some of the graphics and spec on it, the forecasting was still pretty high through our sales uh, company. So I think there wasn't like this massive pressure to, everybody was awaiting a new TCR. I'm sure everybody wants it, but uh, the old one was still selling very well. So there wasn't like this huge push that, oh, we have to get it mm -hmm, out the door. Yeah. So that allowed a little bit more relief for yeah, getting it right. Yeah, that's the reason as well. Each of you, <laughs> question for each of you, the, the piece of this bike that you're most proud of, it could be big, it could be small, it could be part of the manufacturing, it could be a bolt that you like, I don't know, your favorite thing, the thing you're most proud of from this bike. I know mine. You can go first. It's hard. It's hard to choose only one. I'll, 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 I'll say mine first. Um, okay. And this is, this is really nerdy and stupid, but uh, in our launch video, I mentioned this, like over time I've, I've, I've been with Giant for a while and I've owned maybe like uh, eight or nine advanced SL frames, whether it's Propel, TCR, uh, Defy even. And the ISP clamp on the top, I always felt it was kind of heavy because, you know, you have the super lightweight post that's integrated with the frame and then you you cut it and then you put the, um, the clamp on top. And a lot of times I would, in the past, I would ride a lighter weight SLR saddle or something and I would put it together and then you, you hold it and you're about to put it on top and you think, man, this is... This is heavy, like this is negating like a lot of the weight savings here. Uh, so for this new one, <clears throat> and I always ask Sophia about the true weight savings on this piece, but <laughs> if we look at the old ISP clamp, integrated C-Post clamp, and the new clamp, you save eight grams. I know that is weight weenie territory and it belongs in a cell chart somewhere on a thread and on that site, but um, that, that for me, that's huge. Like just eight grams on a, if you isolate that part itself, what is it, maybe 50 grams total? Uh Total top and down like 40 grams. Okay, so weight savings of eight grams on uh, like a 40 to 50 gram par is kind of cool. And a lot of that's due to like the, the plate on top that grabs the rails is now a full carbon piece instead of uh, an aluminum mm -hmm. piece from before. So um, yeah, I, I don't have one yet, but when I do <laughs> and I cut the post and put it on, I'll have a very uh, a good smile on my face knowing like there's a few grams saved there. I love that. And you're speaking to an avowed weight weenie here, you know, free, frequent, okay. frequent forum. <laughs> forum. I, I can't remember what my old forum username was. I haven't been on there in a while, but yes. I forgot my password and each time you have to go through some hurdles to get it back again. I thought, you know, I, I'm just going to observe in silence. So I, I'm on there every day. I just don't always post. So, yep. Yeah. I just want to point out this is my bin of M5 titanium and aluminum hardware. Just nice. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Always handy. Team nerd over here. <laughs> oh, and here and and here's the M6. Here we go. <laughs> awesome. Mm. Full workshop. And okay, it's my turn. Mm. I I really like our new carpet, in, uh, including the uh, uh, stem handlebar and spacer, because the reasons I just mentioned is really an integrated silhouette and it keeps the 
uh, aesthetic design and also lightweight stiffness. We didn't sacrifice any aesthetic and we can have this kind of shape and so functional. And for, for this new stem, we even uh, designed a new universal computer mount. So the, everything you will look that you will look at that feel like so integrated. So I do really like that. Yeah, Our definitely. new carbon carpet. Yeah, I like it. James, any final questions? Uh, no, just a comment. I, I will just sort of add on to what uh, what you just said, Sophia, in that um, Andrew Andrew just got us the, uh, uh, what's his title? Is it Senior Marketing Manager? Is that what his official title is? I can't remember now. I think, um, I think you're right. But anyway, yeah. he, he is my main media PR contact. I've known him for quite a while. And, and, uh, and after, I, uh, after I got this bike from him, or I guess after not too long after it showed up and I put it together and everything, I actually asked him if that computer mount was available separately because it was such a slick little piece. And I really liked how all the little bits were, were included. You could run a whole bunch of different computers. You could run a, a light underneath. You could mount it on a bunch mm -hmm. of different stems. Um, I just want to say well done on that, and it was it was good enough that I that I even inquired about it being available separately. So, well done. Maybe I think yes. our gear department should should. Oh have no, I got I got confirmation yeah, that it's available separately. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes, good. that's good. <laughs> I do really like that. <laughs> you can change the lens, yep. angles, and different I computer size, and if you want a GoPro light, it's compatible. So yeah. I, I very much appreciate that you took the time to to look at little details like that, which maybe you wouldn't have had the time to do if you had hit that original deadline. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that project, yeah. You, if you isolate that project too, like that one, yeah, we was, isolated that there one. was several several iterations, several rounds of different combinations mm -hmm. of, of angles. Does it mount on the, yeah. the top or the bottom of the stem through the faceplate? Whatever. So yeah, that was that was a project in itself. But thankfully, <laughs> it came out alright. Well, thank you both for joining us here on the Cycling Tips podcast. Always love to hear from the folks that actually make these bicycles. We hear from marketing people all the time. It's nice to hear from the people that are actually getting their hands dirty and, and building these things. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's always a fascinating discussion. So Eric, Sophia, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next time on Cycling Tips Podcast. Thanks guys. Yeah, uh, we thank appreciate you. it. <laughs>